Welcome everyone to the Sunday service here in Ananda's Temple of Light. My name is Nayaswami Anandi. This is Nayaswami Bharat. We're really happy to be with you this morning. So we'll begin with a reading from Rays of the One Light, which are weekly commentaries on the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita written by Swami Kriyananda. This week's reading is called Living in the Presence of God. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 25, we read of a king, capitalized, where the reference is to God, who welcomes certain devotees to the divine consciousness, saying, I was and hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. The elect asked him when it was they had served him in these ways. And the king answered, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. To see God as residing in every human being, as indeed he, he does, is to open oneself to limitless opportunities for serving him. Paramahansa Yogananda, in Autobiography of a Yogi, described a saint who lived in this consciousness as, quote, the greatest man of humility I ever knew. He described a seemingly chance encounter with this saint. Another day found me walking alone near the Howrah Railroad Station. I stood for a moment by a temple silently criticizing a small group of men with drum and cymbals who were violently reciting a chant. How undevotionally they use the Lord's divine name in mechanical repetition, I reflected. My gaze was astonished by the rapid approach of Master Mahashai. Sir, how come you here? The saint, ignoring my question, answered my thought. Isn't it true, little sir, that the beloved's name sounds sweet from all lips, ignorant and wise? He passed his arm around me affectionately. I found myself carried on his magic carpet to the merciful presence. If you would see God, watch for him everywhere. If you would hear his voice, listen for it in all sounds and also in their supporting silences. If you would know God, seek his wisdom behind merely human knowledge. The Bhagavad Gita in the sixth chapter states, one who beholds my presence everywhere and all things dwelling equally in me, he never loses loving sight of me, nor I of him, through all eternity. Thus, 
through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Om, Om, Om. Good morning. I also would like to uh, greet you and welcome you to our online Sunday service. I hope you're doing well. I'd like to read uh, from Whispers from Eternity, a book of mystical poems by Paramahansa Yogananda. And the title of this uh, poem is, Tune us that we may hear thy voice. Volumes of thy savior voice resound through the loudspeaker of every loving heart. The voice of thy wisdom roams through this ether of space, seeking everywhere hearts that are tuned to ecstasy. Sadly, thy warning sermons pass unheard by souls deafened with the static of sense pleasures. O divine broadcaster, tune, tune our souls long distracted by the static of our indifference. Fine tune us with the delicate touch of soul perception. Grant us the privilege of hearing thy magic melodies in the ecstasy of divine awakening. Paramahansa Yogananda said that there are two ways of finding God. Uh, one is through meditation, uh, and then the other uh, is through serving others. Uh, Jesus Christ's beautiful commandment, love thy God with all thy heart, with all thy, getting confused with the order, with all thy, uh, with all thy, no, that's fourth, <laughs> but we'll do, uh, uh, with all thy, all thy mind, and with all thy strength, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. And so uh, Yogananda also spoke about the, cry, uh, the cross, and the, the cross as a symbol predates uh, the Christianity, of course. Uh, the, the vertical part of the cross is the soul's aspiration to merge with God, and uh, the horizontal cross is the desire of the devotee to share truth with the world. And uh, we, we both are needed. Uh, we have to ascend the vertical uh, part of the cross uh, because you can't love others unless you experience the love of God. Uh, because when we love others, uh, we're exercising that power within us. And if we receive a small measure of love from God, uh, that's all we can pass on to others is a small measure of love. Uh, but if we experience a full measure of God, uh, and our heart is just singing with God and universal love, well, that's what we can convey uh, to other people. So it's so, so important to, um, they both balance and complement each other, uh, uh, both aspirations. Meditation, uh, as Yogananda said, we actually have to, uh, experience God if we're going to share God with other people. And uh, we know that uh, through meditation and stillness, uh, that's when God begins to speak to us. Uh, meditation, especially practices like Kriya Yoga, but also the Hong Sa uh, meditation technique, it withdraws the life force and concentrates that life force, or you could say the spirit. And uh, we, uh, we experience God directly in that way. 
uh, Yogananda said that uh, after the practice Kriya Yoga, which centralizes all the energy in the spine, that the devotee can, uh, prayers are 10 times, even 100 times more effective uh, through um, uh, that kind of consolidation of the life force. And we're really offering all our, ourselves up to God. Uh, and that's uh, the real key, uh, isn't it? Uh, Saint John of the Cross uh, spoke of that um, one uh, deep devotee who's uh, in communion with God, uh, there an act of uh, divine love uh, that is in God consciousness is worth all the other actions of sincere and uh, uh, monks and nuns and priests in the church uh, that aren't, uh, don't have the meditative consciousness because uh, they, uh, they don't have their whole being is quite as much behind their actions. And so this is so important to, um, uh, to, to include that element uh, but, 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 but to um, make our uh, consciousness real, uh, our realizations uh, rather concrete, uh, we need to express them outwardly to other people. And this softens the human heart and expands our sense of identity with all. And it's just, uh, we, we, we grow in love uh, through acts of love. Uh, Yogananda uh, said that uh, to receive love, first we have to learn how to give love. And we can do that in meditation and through our chanting. Uh, but uh, it's so important to bring our actions into the cold light of day. You know, I was thinking about meditation. And uh, we can have certain attitudes uh, that we meditate with. And there's no one really to correct us unless we... We have a spiritual teacher that can, uh, is aware of our energy, and we can just try go along happily and uh, with the same sort of attitude that uh, limits us. Uh, Yogananda said that many sincere uh, young men uh, in the Himalayas would go to seek God, and they would start out with all the wonderful intent in the world, and they would begin maybe meditating four hours a day, and then it would slip to two hours a day, uh, and then uh, he said they just wouldn't meditate at all. They'd just sit by the river and chat with their friends, and he said they became spiritual bums uh, just because they didn't have a way, uh, an opportunity to serve and to make their energy dynamic. Uh, well, in the same way, uh, to um, really develop purity of heart, uh, we do that through the meditation techniques because we transcend uh, the individual self uh, through deep experiences in meditation. Uh, there's no doubt about that, but th those experiences only come uh, when it's a pure self-offering. We aren't trying to get something from God, but when we're trying to offer ourselves completely uh, into God. Uh, as Yogananda, uh, he said that we should feel joy in our own nothingness and we should feel great joy in God's everythingness. And, uh, and having that attitude that uh, God is the only reality, the only thing that we want, uh, uh, then, um, then everything can come to us because we have the purity of heart to really handle that consciousness uh, appropriately. So uh, uh, the outward service is just so important because uh, we, our consciousness is omnipresent. 
We are everything. We are everyone. And as you go into meditation, you can begin to experience that. And, um, you know, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, Yogananda said that uh, the life force is locked in the human body and in most people. And so our consciousness is of uh, just matter and uh, our own individual form, separate from everything else uh, in creation. Uh, and so, uh, as John Muir said, we're like hard marbles, uh, you know, not touching, but nearby, but separate. And, uh, and we want to break that. The whole spiritual path is really learning to expand one's own sense of identity uh, in a real way, not intellectually, but in a very intuitive feeling way where you're just really beginning to feel yourself in everything. And how does that happen? Well, in a very, very concrete way. Uh, Yogananda said that as we calm our energy, we still our consciousness, uh, the life force starts to uh, go into the spine, and into the spine uh, we get in touch with deeper realities beyond the physical world, uh, the, the energy world, the astral world, uh, the causal world, the thought world. And what happens is that the life force that's trapped in the body escapes from the body. And it, it starts to join with the, the cosmic life force all around us. Yo, uh, Yogananda said that calm feeling uh, uh, is intuition. I thought about that. And when the, our awareness, because uh, feeling is that aspect of human nature uh, that uh, has self-awareness, uh, when we have awareness of ourselves beyond the body and everything around us, that's when we really know things. That's when we really are everything. And it's actually a thing that happens. Uh, just what happens to all the techniques uh, with, uh, through the withdrawal of the life force uh, in the uh, meditation on Om, you know, the seat of the ego is in the back of the head. And, uh, and once you um, listen to these inner sounds, you feel them in the head, and it breaks out through the whole body. And the ego's not referenced anymore in that point, and you just escape that identity, and then it goes beyond the body. Uh, and, uh, and then our consciousness spreads with that, and we just become greater, and we start to see and feel ourselves in everything. Yogananda said that um, the human consciousness, uh, get, when it gets trapped in the body, is like compressing all of uh, cosmic spirit in one cubic foot of air. And uh, because of desires and sense identification, uh, you know, he called the ego the, uh, the, uh, the soul identified with the body. Uh, and so it's just trapped. And he said, Divine Mother is very sad for us and <laughs> disappointed because our nature is everything. And, but we're so identified, so small. But once you break the shell of that cubic foot of air or the body, uh, that air just spreads out to a million and even more cubic feet of air, and our consciousness spreads out with it. And, uh, and that's what happens uh, through meditation. But also, that happens in a very real way uh, with the heart. Uh, because uh, if we uh, treat other people as we would like to be treated ourselves, uh, what happens is that we uh, start to forget about ourselves. And in self-forgetfulness, um, that's when God 
That's when we know God. Uh, uh, Yogananda said that when we're in the present moment, we have God. Well, why, is, why do we have God when we're in the present moment? Uh, well, if we're really, truly in the present moment, we have no personal history. Uh, we have no past. We have no future. Uh, we have no self. Uh, we just are uh, with life. And we haven't set an enclosed boundary that's separating us from everything else. The ego always draws everything in reference reference to its own self, drags every experience, and then interprets it how it uh, benefits from that experience. And uh, what we want to do is just toss the ego away, uh, because it, it, it just filters everything in such a limited way, a contractive way, that really prevents us from uh, having that sense of unity with others. Kindness is the human manifestation of divine love. And divine love comes from having a sense of oneness with God. And uh, we, uh, there's a beautiful story of Father Colby. He was a, a Polish priest, and uh, he was in Japan before World War II, uh, and, uh, he, and then he uh, was back in Poland. And when the Germans invaded Poland, uh, he was put in a, a concentration camp, uh, and then he was uh, uh, transferred to Auschwitz. And he was uh, called the Apostle of Auschwitz by, by people. And he said that he wanted to serve uh, mankind uh, in an unlimited way. And every, every moment of his life was consoling other prisoners, helping them, and he did, had no thought for himself. His fellow prisoners said they were amazed that he could continue living because he would give away uh, large portions of his meager rations uh, just to somebody who felt like they needed it more than he did. And uh, he was strong and very inspiring to everybody, but he just wasn't attached to his body. And uh, one day, um, there was a prisoner that escaped and he wasn't found, and to uh, prevent other people from trying to escape, uh, they had a policy where they would take 10 people from the cell block of 60 people, and they would put them in this uh, room, and uh, they would starve them. And so they chose uh, 10 of the prisoners, they were all lined up in 10 rows, uh, 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 there were 60 people, and they chose the 10, and the ones not chosen, they immediately had uh, the thought, oh gosh, I'm glad it's not me. And, uh, but the others that were chosen, some of them were just totally overwhelmed. But one man was saying, don't take me, my wife, my child, my wife, my child. And he was just in tears. And Father Colby, uh, seeing this, being a Catholic priest, he had no uh, wife, he had no child. And so he stepped forward, and the dogs started to uh, clench up the guard dogs, and they were just waiting to be released. It was something that you didn't step out of line, but he walked with such confidence that people didn't do anything. And then the, the, the lead guard said, what do you want? And he said, I have no uh, wife or child. I would like to take this man's place. And they kind of looked at him dumbfounded, and they, uh, 
and, uh, and so they said, okay, come over here. And then he went into the cell block. And um, the, uh, Father Colby would lead all the other prisoners in such prayer. It was so deep that when the guards would come into the cell block, uh, they just couldn't hear anything around them. And they'd have to uh, shout and try to get their attention. And uh, day by day, because they weren't given water or food, uh, people died. And, uh, uh, and, uh, but only Father Colby was kneeling in prayer or standing at the end. And it was taking so long to die, it was over two weeks, that uh, the German guards uh, started to uh, feel like, uh, well, we gotta do something. And when they would come into the cell block, uh, he would just look at them very frank. Uh, and they said, stare at the ground, don't look at us, because they couldn't take uh, his, his look. And it wasn't a scolding look, but it was just a look, a look full of humanity that tried to remind uh, the guards of their own humanity. And, uh, and eventually they uh, gave him a lethal injection uh, because they couldn't wait around. But they said that uh, all the other prisoners had died with a lot of suffering, and their, the, their bodies uh, demonstrated that. And uh, Father Colby was just, his body is perfectly clean, just a serene glow uh, around his face. But Father Colby was able to give that hope to those prisoners and to so many other prisoners uh, 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 in Auschwitz because uh, he gave love. He reminded people through his very presence of, of God and helped them to get in touch with God. And this is the highest thing that we can offer people. Uh, people need lots of things today. Uh, they need food. They need a place for shelter. Uh, they need uh, uh, love. Uh, and uh, in any form that we give to people, if we can offer that sense of kindness, that sense of uh, that we are one and united with each other. And uh, if we can offer in that way to them, uh, that will really touch their heart. Uh, there's a, um, Swami Kriyananda's life was just full of kindness. Uh, he was so present with all of us and he could see deep inside each one of us because he loved us, but he was in touch with God's love. And, uh, and the, he would offer counsel so subtly and so life-affirming that you were just lifted up. And, um, and you could co correct your course uh, in that love because uh, it was just so loving and freeing uh, that you felt totally safe. And it was so insightful. And it just often took just a, a little word and you could go, oh, okay. Uh, and then you could just, self-correct and live your life accordingly. Uh, and, uh, and that's the way, in, in just simple ways, we can uh, express that kindness. Um, during my first years at Ananda, I was new to the monastery, maybe three, four years. And uh, I was on a, a lecture tour. Uh, my book, Sharing Nature with Children, was published. And I went to New York. And uh, uh, knowing that I was going, I had to fly across the country. And then I was landing, uh, oh, maybe 11 o'clock at night. And then there's a, a bus station called the Port Authority in New York. 
uh, and I was going to have to wait there eight hours before I could take my early morning bus to go to my lecture in White Plains, New York. And so somebody gave me um, the address of the Integral uh, Yoga Institute. They, at that time, we were really close with them, and we still are with some members. Uh, we call them our first cousins, because uh, there was just, we were all doing the same thing. They have a community in the, uh, Virginia, we have a community in California, and we just really loved each other. Uh, I had met some of them, but not really well, just uh, mainly seen at the village. So uh, when I was there at the Port Authority, uh, I called the number that I had. And, uh, and I, I was a, a rural boy growing up, and I hadn't really spent much time around cities. And in the Port Authority, there's everything, uh, everything that was going on, uh, drunks and drug addicts and prostitutes, and, and you're all crammed together. Uh, and it would have been a long night. I would have been safe. Uh, but it wasn't the highest vibration uh, to spend eight hours and then uh, go the next morning and travel by bus and then give a lecture. Uh, and so um, the uh, people at the uh, IYI, um, they uh, sent a contingent of people on the subway to pick me up, and then they took me to their health food store. And they were doing an all-night inventory. And it's not that they needed another uh, able-bodied hands to help them with their work. It was satsang. And so uh, they were chanting and stocking the shelves and doing things, and I was working along with them, and I worked all night with them, and was just full of energy. And then uh, it was came time to pick my bus up, so maybe it was at six in the morning. Uh, they got on the subway, and they all traveled with me to the Port Authority, and I had maybe half an hour before my bus, full of energy, and got on my bus, didn't sleep, and then gave my lecture, and, uh, and then slept that night. And I thought about that uh, in terms of, it made a real big impression on my life because they were just so welcoming and so kind uh, and uh, didn't think anything at all of it. And at Ananda and in India, they, uh, they have a, a tradition uh, to guest as God. And uh, it's such a beautiful custom because uh, we, uh, we see this as God uh, himself or herself uh, visiting, and we treat the person uh, in a godly way uh, as a, a child, a divine mother. And, um, and, and it's our connection with each other that's uh, more important than anything else. And when we live that way, there's love. And uh, they touch us, and we touch them in the spirit of God. And what more could we want uh, but to touch on that level? Uh, you know, everything else just pales in uh, insignificance. Everything is just uh, nothing. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have to survive and uh, get along and all that. But the Swami remind, has reminded us so many times, uh, the more that you give, uh, the more that you'll uh, receive in return. But the thing is that we aren't doing business, are we? We just give out of a full heart because we know that when we give, we feel this joyous sense in ourselves. And, uh, and it's, just such, uh, it's just a delight in the giving and the love uh, flowing through us. As uh, Yogananda said, the instrument is blessed by what flows through it.
And that's the only reward that we need. And that's, uh, and that's the greatest reward of all. And, you know, whatever comes or doesn't come, it doesn't matter. There's a wonderful story about uh, uh, this kingdom. Uh, it was the, the realm of light where the river Om merged into the cosmic sea. And King Darshan was uh, getting old in his years, and he wanted to s uh, spend his last remaining years uh, just uh, in contemplation of God. And he, um, he told all the uh, people in his kingdom that he was going to make a big announcement in three days. Well, people in the kingdom were very excited because King Darshan was always a very generous king. And people came thinking, well, maybe uh, we could get something from the king. And so everybody came, uh, everyone. There happened to be a little, uh, beautiful little seven-year-old girl named Elizabeth. She came too. And she was in the habit of sitting next to uh, king Darshan uh, whenever there was an event. And she would just sit quietly right next to him. Uh, and so she was there. And King Darshan, he um, said, uh, that uh, I, I, God has spoken to me, and uh, I, it's time for me to uh, renounce the wealth of my kingdom, and I'd like to share it with all of you. Well, immediately everyone in the kingdom, uh, the, in the, uh, the room, in the presence of the king, was so excited, and they started running even before he was <laughs> done with his announcement. And they, some ran for the crown jewels, and others ran for the very... Uh, uh, priceless paintings, and people were carrying out as much as they could out of the palace. And uh, the only one that wasn't moving uh, was uh, Elizabeth, and she just stayed there uh, by the king, not moving at all. And eventually, uh, it was only the king, Elizabeth, left in the palace, and everything else was gone. Well, uh, the people enjoyed their new acquisitions for a while, but after a while, some of them broke, some of them were stolen, or some of them became the old hat. And they just, their lives just returned to the way their uh, lives were before. But uh, Elizabeth, she just sat by the king, as, uh, and, uh, and he asked her, what do you want, uh, my child? And Elizabeth stood up, and she walked over to the king, and she reached out with her hands like this, and the king reached out with his hands, and she said, I want you. And, uh, and what she received from the king was a, a deep inner, inner blessing. And he smiled, the king smiled, and he passed on uh, a lot of his spiritual magnetism to Elizabeth uh, because that's the, the, the secret of creation that God has put us in this world to see if we're satisfied with things, material things that uh, don't really express uh, our true nature and the nature of God. And uh, we can get by and, uh, and that, but we're just sort of ha half asleep or maybe even a tenth asleep. Uh, and, uh, but when we wake up and we realize that true fulfillment doesn't come through things, uh, but only in the presence of God, uh, then, uh, then God can reveal himself to us uh, because we, uh, we have the purity of heart uh, to receive him uh, fully into our lives. And, and at that moment, uh, that's when we really begin to see God not only 
in ourselves, but God everywhere, in everyone. And as we can do that, uh, we truly will be able to live in the consciousness of God and to share the consciousness of God with everyone. And so um, we, we have the cross. The cross gets us in touch with God, uh, traveling vertically. But also we have to travel horizontally uh, to share the wealth, to share the joy and the bliss. It's the nature of bliss to want to share the bliss with others. And what a wonderful uh, drama it is, isn't it? That uh, God comes to us and fills our heart with love and our heart expands and we're able to share that love with others. And every moment reminds us of God as we share his God and we go deeper and deeper into the presence and the experience of God. Bless you all.
His clothing was shabby, as worn as her own. He shivered against a closed door. Alas, he cried, none will take me. Oh. Uh... 